Hey everyone, and welcome to Class 1A Popped Off's My Hero Academia Podcast. As always, my name is Andrew Nimsgren, aka Advert the Big Business Hero. And after such a long time alongside me, we will have Fanfic and Apothecary, aka Dylan Beal and James Graham. I am so ready to talk to my hero. We're doing a back to back episode. We're going to treat them. Separately, of course, but it we took a Christmas break a couple weeks ago. It is now the first real episode of 2020, and I'm ready to talk to my hero. How are you guys doing today? Good. I'm ready to be back. Yeah, no, it's been uh, it's been too long. It's kind of weird getting back into the driver's seat. So it'll be great. It'll be nice to talk about some my hero again. But I just want to say, like this being an episode that we didn't get to record right away was so hard on me because this is such a good episode that's so much building up to. I didn't think it was going to come so quickly. So when I sat down a couple weeks ago and watched this for the first time, and then me and Dylan watched it together as well when he made a stop by, um, it was just, it's a phenomenal episode. I'm really excited to talk about that. But we don't really have any housekeeping. We're back. We're not going to be missing any more episodes coming up or anything time soon. We're back to the weekly schedule, so you don't need to worry about that. We'll be doing two episodes on January 4th, 2020. But if you're not a current listener, that is no problem for you because we're already all here. But... With that, James, Dylan, you guys both want to do a little shebang. Yeah, make sure that you tell your friends about the podcast and leave a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. Yeah, and my version of the shebang is uh, letting us know if you have any suggestions for the show, anything you want us to add in. Uh, I know we were pretty hard with those early and then they kind of fell off, but it's been kind of very story-driven recently, so we can't do too much with that. But if you do any of those, have any of those suggestions, uh, hit us up at... Uh, popped underscore off on Twitter or contact at poppedoff.com via email. Perfect. With that, let's jump into season four, episode 11, titled a million. It opens with overhaul and his right hand man talking about successfully creating five bullets that took a month to create overhaul is confident that they make better, make more of them faster and better facilities with more monies. These five bullets will destroy someone's quirk something i didn't actually catch on to the third time because i thought me and dylan had like this master discussion that we'll talk about later on but these bullets destroy quirks if they are shot twice and togo are together talking to the whole of she his hasuki um each are hesitant to tell their quirks but are forced to give full explanations due to the quirk of one of the eight bullets it's kind of nice learning a little bit more about these two we always kind of understood what their quirks did for a long time now but we kind of get the full explanation, which I really liked here. I'm um, just kind of giving a little bit more um, context of what they do. Um, after being worked up in the previous episode, Mimic is throwing a fit, causing the whole underground to be filled with rocks and almost crushing everyone. Deku ultimately finds Mim- where Mimic is hiding and knocks him out. And they release... Um I have no idea what I was trying to say with this bullet point here. They find Mimic, they capture him, and they realize that the League of Villains kind of used them to get um, knock Mimic out because they clearly weren't very happy with him. Um, Mirio ends up catching up to Overhaul and his sidekick. Before he gets to them, he is stopped by two more of the eight bullets of the uh, Husky. 
Um, one of their quirks screws with the person's equilibrium. This is Didio Sakurai. No, Sakai. Um, and makes a move as if they're drunk, a.k.a. the quirk sloshed. And the other has a quirk called Confession, and his name is Shi uh, Nomoto. Nomoto asks Mirio questions about Irio using his quirk Confession, which makes him answer everything truthfully. And he makes him pretty much announce that how much Mirio regrets having to let go Eerie after realizing kind of what was going on, and that he's trying so hard to get Eerie back because of all the regret he has inside. They both go to try to kill Mirio, however, he overcomes both of their quirks and uses his ultimate move, Phantom Threat, aka the Phantom Menace, to beat both of them pretty much instantly. Nemo, um, he catches up to Overhaul and beats both of them pretty quickly as well, taking Eerie. Overhaul, again, tries to convince Eerie to come back to him, blaming everything on her, that she's being selfish and that everything she does gets someone kills. And Overhaul finally makes the big announcement that Mirio is, um, not Mirio, that Eerie actually isn't really his daughter, to Mirio. Overhaul creates a giant dome around um, himself, Mirio, and Blockhead, a.k.a. Chrono. I don't know where the name Blockhead comes from, but we learn later on in the episode that his name is Chrono. Um, Mirio fights on both of the Yakuza, clearly being a better match than both of them combined, and pretty much beating them both. We get a flashback to the old boss of the Shihasukai finding Overhaul, a.k.a. Uh, Kai Chosuke, um, and then flash forward a little farther to the other gangs getting disbanded and struggling, Overall, suggesting a plan, but ultimately saying that they will never do that and no one will follow a demon with no heart. Nomoto ends up crawling through the dome through a crack and Overhaul throws him the five bullets that we see at the beginning of the episode. Unsure of how to make sure that he ends up hitting Mirio, he aims her eerie to make sure that he stops the bullet after Mirio talking about how much he'll make sure she is never in pain again. We then get the whole Mirio flashback to Child saying of how much he wants to be a hero after being saved from drowning. We see a little bit about his dad. We see how hard he had to work to get control of his quirk, getting into UA. And then ultimately, we do jump to him jumping in front of Eerie and being shot, where he ends up losing his quirk. Even after losing his quirk, he continues to fight and still gets punches in on Overhaul. But eventually, Overhaul does get several of his created spikes into Mirio due to him having to jump back, protect Eerie, move around, and no longer being able to use his quirk. All is looking lost and Overhaul is about to kill Mirio as Deku and the other heroes burst through the wall and the episode ends there. So, as always, we'll go back to the top, take it step by step, talking about whatever we want. But just overall, I think this is a phenomenal episode. I've watched it. I've watched it four times now and it gets better every time and I pick up on things every single time. So, I... I, I'm going to contradict myself. I just said 30 seconds. Let's start getting from the top and talk about the whole bullets thing. So we got confirmation that these bullets destroy quirks. So I want to talk about what this means and going even straight into Muriel being shot and what we think that means. So just going off the thoughts right away. So now that we know, after watching it for the fourth time, I realized that overall confirmed these bullets destroy quirks. What do you guys think about that? Like Muriel being shot, should he have been? Are you happy about that? Are you sad about that? Do you really believe his quirk's gone forever? Um, I mean, they, like, I, that was just it. Like, I was just, I was kind of trying to, like, I, like while I was watching the episode, I was trying to unpack how they were going to actually, like, beat Mirio and stuff like that. And 
him the way they kind of did the bullets and how they like how they basically used them in that fight because i mean like you said like i mean mirio was just destroying everything the dude he was like predicting everything like she couldn't get a, like a good read on him everything like that going for the vulnerable targets the only way he wins that like and i mean it just it just beats it plays into mirio being the hero um i don't think his quirk's gone forever i don't think i, I that's for me and like just the shonen trope that seems too definitive you know what I mean? It seems too. I don't, it, se it seems too absolute. You know what I mean? But I think it's really. I think it's a really cool concept that, like, you know, he actually. It's not a like. It's not like a temporary erase. This is like a permanent erase, right? I think it makes sense that he was the one that got shot with it because I mean he's busted, absolutely busted. He's right? busted. <laughs> yeah. Um. I really would like them to not give him his power back. Um. Just because. I, th I think it'd be really good for them to show, like, there are consequences, you know? Like, things can happen, and it kind of puts it on the table that, you know, anyone can lose their quirk, anyone can, you know, die in this show, which I think would be really cool. Um, but just because this is Shonen, and just because he's such, like, an iconic um, hero at this point, I, I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to figure out a way to give him his power back. Well, yeah, so before we watched it and saw that Overhaul did end up confirming, like, the very first line in the episode of the bullets like <coughs> um did end up taking away the quirks after me and dylan watched it together i'm like dylan i think mirio loses his quirk like all these things overall are saying i'm like i think i'm like on to something big and then i go back and rewatch it i'm like oh no like they deliberately said that like four times they're like your quirk's gone forever <laughs> and so I, that was really funny but no i, I was kind of the one that made the initial point that yeah mirio's busted he ended up beating two like mental people and one that threw off his physical equilibrium and one that kind of messed with his head a little bit. And he burst through both of them and beat them pretty easily. Sure, they weren't the strongest people, but he did both that. And he beat Overhaul, which kind of up to this point, we as we've known as, I mean, pretty much anything that the League of Villains could do, Overhaul could do. And he beat yeah. Overhaul pretty easily. So he, I'm, uh, I, I would put money on that Mirror could walk in the League of Villains to beat the entire organization by himself. So I think this is one of those moments where he is overpowered and he turns into more of a mentor character, like mentor to Deku a little bit that under night eye. And then that whole, I, I didn't love that whole arc of like, Oh, it should have been me. It should have been Mirio. It should have been all that kind of stuff. Well, now that's gone. Mirio doesn't have a quirk anymore. So <laughs> night eye has to accept Deku. So I think there's pros and cons to it all, but what, what, what about the fact that like, couldn't Deku still pass it on? Like, maybe that's going to be the next conflict of, like, Mirio doesn't have an ability, so Deku's like, damn, maybe I should give this to him. That's like, true, yeah, because... he has no ability. Yeah, because Deku can pass it along, right? So, I mean, like, yeah, it, like, and I can, like, it seems like a very Deku-esque thing where he doesn't feel like, you know, like, the more worthy person just didn't you know didn't get it, right? So, he wants to give it to the person who, like, I mean, let's be, let's be real, like, when Mirio, like, has to master something, he doesn't just, he, like, masters it and then turns it up to 11. Like, I mean, like, even when he's, like, fighting, like, the, the two bullets, or, th or the three bullets, he basically says, he's like, like, you can screw with my head, man, but I deal with, like, significantly worse shit than this every time I go in and out of stuff, right? So, it, like, doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't phase him at all, right? Um, I do want to, I do want to back it up a little bit, because we are going pretty deep into, like, Mirio and, like, all that stuff, but there, there was a lot of stuff in this episode that was really nice. This was, like, probably one of my favorite episodes of this season so far, because it's a great balance of, like, 
history building, uh, information gathering, and just straight up fighting too, right? Because they describe basically twice in Toga's relationship with the, you know, the Yakuza and how much they don't like them. And, like, you know, they felt pretty much played and stuff like that. So, and a really nice thing, too, that I really wanted, I really wanted to bring up, especially with this recap, is they correct overhaul on Magni's gender. Like, it was just, it was just, like, thrown in there, very, like, off-center. But, like, I mean, Toko, like, she was pretty serious about it. She's like, don't make that mistake again, right? So, I was like, man, that's nice. That's, you know, it's nice to see, right? Yeah, I that was going around social media when that first came out. I love that. That yeah. made me very happy too. It I like the one thing that was spoiled for me for the episode. Um, because since we didn't record on Saturday, I didn't think to wake up and watch it right away, so I saw that on Twitter. But I'm like, I'm okay with that being spoiled. That's a happy. That's spoiler. yeah, exactly right. That's yeah. that's that's what you want to see, right? That's what you like. You want you want those kind of things, and it's nice that it's being slipped in there because you know, like where people still in modern day struggle with stuff like that, even if, even whether it's not if it's maliciously or not maliciously, it's nice to see the animes being like, hey, like you got you know this should be the norm, right? So I like that. I I bring it up. I've talked twice again too. I kind of love where they fit into all this, like. They got Mimic captured, more or less. Like, they clearly want to fuck with these guys just as much as the police and heroes want to take them down. Like, they're they're villains, but they're kind of anti-heroes at this point, too, that they're helping take down this organization. But they're also trying to k- kill Rocklock last episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so they're kind of in a weird spot right there, but I kind of like that because it throws you off. Like, you don't know what they're do- going to do next. Like, they're, you have to see them after they kind of escaped here, but... They could go help take down Overhaul at this point. They could do something there from all we know. We don't know what they're going to do next. And I kind of like that rather than them being another hurdle. Like, oh, yeah, we're with the, we're with uh, Shihasukai, and you have to fight us if you want to get to Overhaul now. Like, that would have been a little bit more boring, but now that they're kind of this middle ground that you don't know what they're going to do, makes this little couple of episodes even better is what I really like. Because I love their characters being in it. I think it's cool to have them in it. But it's not just like, yep, you are another wall for Deku to get through, which kind of gets old after so long. It does, yeah. Yeah, it's the... there's just like so much chaos in it. Mm-hmm. I really love that. Well, I was just gonna say it adds like a degree of complexity to the whole scenario, right? Where you do have these other competing like f- factors that you thought were pretty definitive on like what side they're on, and now you just kind of don't know. It's nice. It, like again, it's not like the the typical shonen trope where it's like, okay, you got to fight this guy. Okay. You got to fight this guy. You know what I mean? And like everybody's ideals are so clear cut that you, you know, you have to deal with them every time. Right. So no, I, I'm a big fan too. I like that stuff. Yeah. And then kind of going back to kind of going along with the story, when Mirio does catch up to overhaul on a sidekick, we do have them run. He run into the two kind of lower tier guys, the, um, Dijiro Sakai, and Shin Namoto, the sloshed and the confession. And this was a conversation that me and Dylan had that neither one of these quirks are really that crazy or unique or anything like that. Like one is you pretty much make someone drunk. You mess with the equilibrium so they can't do anything normally. And one is a just, yeah, you have to tell the truth. But they, they do such a good job of making both these characters so cool. Like, even the most simple quirks of telling the truth, every single superhero show has a version of that, but they mess with how this guy is, the personality that he has, and they throw in the one line that says he can pull out truths that people don't even know. Like, you don't see that in this episode. You don't know what that means, but just throwing that little line in there makes the quirk seem a little farther than 
you know what it does and makes it just cooler. And then with the slosh guy, the guy's literally just pouring alcohol over him, not drinking himself, acting all drunk like that, even though um, that's just his quirk that he transfers on to other people. So this was something that these two characters obviously weren't in very long. Um, one of them ended up shooting Eerie, which ended up actually more or less destroying Mario. So one of these two are the reason <laughs> yeah. Mario doesn't have quirks <laughs> yeah. anymore. But like just in the overall first fight scene, they weren't that quick, but they still did a really cool job of making this whole dynamic with these pretty bland quirks really really cool and not just another obstacle well i like them because they're they're great bodyguard quirks right they're 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 great supporting quirks for overhaul you know what i mean like i mean you like like overhaul's big thing is if he touches you you're basically done for right with the eager the like the sloshed quirk like i mean that's like i mean that's pretty damning for a lot of people except for of course mirio because as stated previously mirio deals with worse like i don't know g's i guess or i don't know like like spatial awareness i guess when he goes in and out and stuff but like yeah i thought these guys were really good i like the um i like the fanatic like the fanaticism like aspect of the confession dude like how he's so like he's so obsessed with overhaul's vision and like where and like you know since he told him he need like we kind of see it we've seen it before but I, I liked how they did it like uh, they basically said you know i need you you need you're gonna help me with my end goal all that stuff like it's just it, like really sealed the deal plus dude uses a gun i mean you don't like I feel like we see that less and less but it's still nice to see conventional bad guys use conventional weaponry, you know what I mean? So and it, like, it makes sense like Well, yeah. Just, just shoot just him. shoot him exactly, right? So it's yeah, like that's that's a nice uh that's a nice little plus. So, you know, I like those two guys despite the fact I mean, the confession dude's definitely in it more, but uh yeah, no. They were they were a good nice little nice little touch, nice addition. But I think I think we should get into uh, Mirio's fighting prowess, his martial prowess, and how, how, uh, yeah, he's busted, man. Dude is, dude is overpowered. Yeah. So yeah, moving kind of into the whole fighting scene, I want to talk about this eventually. But after he beats those two, and he moves on to Overhaul and Chrono, um, he literally comes up the ground. He doesn't get, he just scratches Overhaul, but his leg goes through Eerie's head, and part of it is still in Eerie's head when it hits Chrono. Yeah. Like, that is ridiculous that he literally can't adjust. Like, it's not just body part. It's not hand, foot, leg, arm. Like, it is finger, nails he can make, like, um, permanent and some not. Like, it is ridiculous how good he is at his quirk, which goes back to why Night Eye believes he's the right successor for the um, one for all for one. I mean, one for all, and why he is so strong with the quirk that isn't necessarily automatically broken. Like, it just goes to show how god tier he is. So, I really appreciated that. And then you go on and see that he's beating these two. Yes, Chrono kind of got knocked out right away, so it's more or less kind of a one on one. But, um, still, I mean, we thought of Overhaul as like, how is anyone going to beat Overhaul? Like, Aizawa has to be there to immune his quirk like nope mirio is just single-handedly predicting his moves which is super cool that we learned from that he learned from night eye and just step after step beating him and if eerie wasn't there he would have easily won this fight without even a second thought yeah dude eerie is eerie's a crutch she's a handicap get her out of here don't want her let mirio just should have just let mirio let let him bang boys let him go out there and bang but nope eerie had to eerie had to be there um but yeah, no. Uh, I like I like getting the I like getting the background on his quirk too. That his dad's quirk was basically the same, 
And he's just like... And that his dad is shiny as he is? <laughs> they both look like Tintin, dude. I love it. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, it was just like, his dad was just like, dude, like, we we can die real easy. So that's why I stopped being a hero, right? So Or stopped trying to be a hero, right? So, I thought, you know, you got, you got a ton of background on Mirio, too. Like, I know we, we got a decent amount between basically his, his relationship with Sun Eater, but that was really about it. That's all we knew, that he was just like this, like, overwhelmingly positive dude. But now you kind of figure out... You know, he got memed on a bunch when he was a kid. His parents were like, probably shouldn't do it, but we'll support you either way, right? So, it was nice. It was nice. It was a good episode. Yeah. What do you feel, Dan? Um, I don't know. It it sucks because, like, we're really seeing the full force that he can give. And then now it's just like, womp okay, womp. not again. Um, but it was really cool. I mean, we talked about this um, on the last episode that we were super hyped for this fight because it seems like a perfect matchup, right? Um, he can permeate, and it's going against overhaul, which he has to touch you. So it's like, it just seems like it's a perfect matchup that would be really interesting of a fight. And I think it delivered. It really delivered well. Well, and the introduction of, like, how he, how else he can use his quirk. Like, we've only ever seen him just touch people and blow up. But the destruction of the ground and being able to create spikes and that stone dome around him. Like, that's something I didn't really touch on the recap too much. But he is able he like his quirk expands more than what we just think like again it is able to work on all living things and it's to kill living things but he is able to completely work this underground out however he wants on top of it so he really doesn't even need to touch you to kill you and then he almost does kill mirio after he loses his quirk with just spikes and not even letting him get close to him because he's just putting spikes through him and just creating so many that he can't do anything else i will say that's an overdone true the spikes like is just like Yes, but it's still cool. It's cool that, how he man. Just- yeah, it's cool how he manifests them. But like, give me, give me something else, dude. Just give me a little bit something else. But like, how he goes about doing it is fine. I'm cool with that. It's just like, I don't know, impale him with something else, dude. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> a- a- another weird thing about this episode that I don't have a problem with, but they made overhaul telling um, Muriel that Eerie wasn't his daughter like a really big reveal when I'm pretty sure no one actually thought it was like, did you think he was, um, Eerie was his daughter? I wasn't, I wasn't sold on it. I was like, he like, cause he looks too young, right? Like he looks way too yeah. young to have a kid. Right. And like, in like, like, so now in American media, that sort of di- family dynamic would be ex- like, almost like you could believe it where like, you know, you have a, you have a super young parent who's not like, like, mature at all and kind of twisted so he like fucks with his kid a bunch but you just don't see that in japanese media you don't see that at all right you don't see them kind of screwing with that that much so i like as soon as they said it i was like that's not a that's not a thing that's that's yeah hey, this kid's yeah, adopted that was a really weird like reveal yeah i'm th- it was definitely more kind of for mirio but they kind of held on like overhaul saying that for a second and mirio reacting for a second like it was definitely like I definitely think some people probably were caught off guard by oh, this. Probably. Just because of how they addressed it. That, like, oh, there are probably people who still think that this is this. So let's <laughs> actually give them like, official. Yeah. Like, let's get them on the same page as the other 99% of people that watch this show. And I'm not I'm not speaking down to anyone that didn't realize that. But I guess we all kind of watched enough anime and just kind of made the assumption that we could have been wrong. It could have been. And we could have looked dumb there, too. So I'm not putting down anyone that did think this was a thing. But I definitely didn't think from the very first time this whole concept was introduced that they were actually father-daughter. Yeah, just the math didn't add up at all. No. Um. So, yeah, so trying to go through 
Um, I'm sure Dylan, you'll appreciate the whole Phantom Menace, which was Mirio's ultimate move. You made the comment a couple weeks ago about all of the different Star Wars references that are made from here and there. And if you can Google it, there's a whole list of them. I did it afterwards, but when when this happens, and every time it happened, I watch again. I watched this episode four times. I just smiled. I'm like, that is cool. Like, Phantom Threat definitely doesn't translate from Phantom Menace. Like, they're English, so the subtitle says Phantom Threat, but Mirio clearly says Phantom Menace. But um, nonetheless, I appreciate that, especially being in such a Star Wars mood right now. And just calling that out for anyone that didn't pick up on that. Because I don't know what the dub says if you watch the dub. If you say Phantom I I, Threat or Phantom Menace. I feel like there might be some licensing issue if he says Phantom Th- Phantom Menace when he, uh, when, you know, when he does his ultimate moves. So, but I like that, though. I like I like the Phantom Menace. Our boy Danny yeah. Phantom. Danny <laughs> Phantom. Oh, God. That's a deep cut. Oh, uh, yeah, so I'm trying to think through the episode. I mean, um, we had the overhaul flashback to when the old Yakuza boss found him and that little cutscene there. We didn't learn too much about him. We learned, yeah, yeah, that he threw away that name. Yeah, we didn't really get an explanation I, yeah. of why he threw away the name. He kept hearing Mira to stop calling me that, but we never understood why, but we saw how much, even from a young age, he was kind of a little quiet, more messed up, and... Even as he grew up a little older, he wanted to try some crazy plan. I'm assuming that's the plan he's putting into action right now. I think I think a big thing of it was was the because I mean they talked about this previously is like the ideals between Overhaul and the old boss where like you know he wants to bring in more people with quirks, more like more people who are a little unstable like um like Rappa like guy guys kind of like that. So um, I think that is that's what I kind of took from that conversation. Now there might be like the quirk manifestation thing might be a little different too, or demanifestation, I guess. Um, but I do want to say that overhaul, no matter what timeline he's in, is always dripping, dude. That guy has got class. He like that simple black mask. I love yeah, that like that the black mask and like cool. yeah, exactly right. I was like, dude, this he, like still haven't seen his face yet. Still don't know what he looks like, but um, but I do. I did really like the dialogue of like. Mirio constantly calling him his name and that getting him more and more worked up, right? Like being like, you know, you di- you don't, he, you know, he was upset that like Mirio didn't earn the right to call him that name, right? Like it, he didn't, he like he shed off that name and stuff like that. And Mirio kept like hammering it to him, right? No, yeah, it was very like um, Dumbledore and Voldemort. Kind yeah, of, I was calling him Tom or um, between like Luke and um, I'm sorry, in Star Wars. Um, Obi-Wan wouldn't, instead of calling him Vader before he dies, he calls him Anakin yeah. and stuff kind of like that. Like, it's very much like, we know who you really are. Like, we, we don't respect that dark, powerful name you gave yourself. Yeah. Like, you are who you are, and no matter how hard you try to change it. So I, I always love that vibe. It's always kind of like, they're not necessarily looking down on them, but they're not accepting who they are. Yeah, exactly, right? Um, I'm just trying to think. There's not many too many other big topics of the show that i want to jump on is there anything specific from this episode that you guys want to dive in and talk on are you feeling pretty good i mean it was a lot happening a lot of fighting and all that kind of stuff but i feel like we hit a lot of the big points unless there's anything else you guys want to talk about eerie's my least favorite character now dude she's a she's a she's a handicap for the boys it's just uh no not a fan she needs to be saved yeah yeah she's traumatic and has been destroyed and reattached for like the last 10 years you would be traumatized as well too but you know what my boy danny phantom didn't need to get dealt a blow like that he did not need that dude i he was being a hero i know he was and i like that he went down smiling like god should have been weaker 
he wasn't so strong, they wouldn't have had to kill him off. Uh, that's true. <laughs> Nerve yourself. And I just want to say, does this count as my prediction at the beginning of the season of someone being serious? Like, I was talking about someone, like, being seriously injured or being kind of took out of the class. Mirror not in the class, but his quirk's gone. He's as good as gone. That's a leap. That that's is a that's leap. a stretch. Yeah, no, you don't get that. You don't get that. It's closer than we thought. He's we a big get. three. We knew some shit was gonna happen with the big three, but they did we? We did, dude. You, you knew when they were introduced that they were gonna be like a factor, right? Also, like, still haven't seen the other chick. Still haven't seen her yet. <laughs> she's still she's still not around. Don't even know her name. But uh, yeah, no, we we knew something. We knew it was coming, dude. Yeah. But with that, let's move into our class notes section of the episode where we'll start with this week's Plus Ultra recipient. For those of you that are just coming back, this is our weekly award where we decide one member, no, character from the anime every single week. I'm sorry. Um... Which one went beyond, went plus ultra, and deserves to give this award more than anyone else in this episode? We each get our own pick. And this week, I am going to start with James. Why not? Who do you think is this week's plus ultra recipient? There's like, uh, see, like, episodes like this, it kind of, it kind of, it's not as fun. But, I mean, we all know it's Mirio, dude. We all know it's, it's Mirio. Like, there's no way it's not. Um, and like, as one who usually looks for like off meta picks to like, for the, for the plus ultra war, there's no, there's no dispute with Mirio, dude. Mirio is a beast. Like he gets it, man. He gets it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't know if you have anything else to add. Like mine's Mirio as yeah. well. The only one person I could make an argument for would be Nomoto. The one that shot at Eerie and ultimately took away Mirio's quirk. Like that is the only way to beat him. But I mean, realistically, anyone could have done that. Yeah. So it's not anything special about that character. But he's the only other one that really did anything beyond. He supported Overhaul till his death, and he was the reason that Overhaul didn't die in that room. So that would have been yeah, my only other fair. somewhat pick. But it's Mirio. Like, yeah, it I, I would. Lo- I, I'm joking around there, but yeah, Mirio had a fantastic episode. It's obviously a Mirio-focused episode, so it doesn't make make sense that every single time, pretty much, it's been a character-specific episode. That character gets it, and this is no difference. No debate. But. With that, let's move into next week's preview, which in our time we'll be talking about in about 10 minutes. <laughs> but for anyone that may not be going through quite as quick as we are, the preview for next week's episode titled Unforeseen Hope is Deku and Aizawa fight overhaul, um, fight against overhaul who fights back after being furious from losing Eerie. We see him do some kind of purple explosion along with Naboto's body that is right next to him. Why we see Night Eye tries to save Mirio and Eerie. And we see that there's going to be some kind of discussion between Gran Torino and Night Eye. There's a couple other little flashes there here and there. But pretty much it's going to be another fight episode coming up with a little bit of background on Night Eye. But with that, that kind of wraps up everything. Oh, no, we want to talk. Yeah, anything we want to talk about for the preview? Or just... Um, well, you already told. We've already seen the episode. We already seen the episode. You told them we're talking about it in ten minutes. Let's just let's go, boys. Let's go. <laughs> I know, I know. It, it is a hard one because like you can't talk about like a preview episode that you already know what's gonna happen yeah. without giving something <laughs> away. So we apologize for this being the first episode back. We're a little rough. We promise next episode will be good, and then we'll be going back on the weekly schedule. So it won't be like this forever. We'll get better. Don't worry. I promise. But with that, thank you all so much for attending this week's cl- session of Class One A. We will be continuing on with another episode 
of Unforeseen Hope that will also be released on January 4th, 2019, and then moving back to our weekly schedule after that. You can hear me say it now. You're going to hear me say it again right when you listen to the very next episode as they come out back-to-back. But let your friends know about uh, the old Class 1A podcast. Give us a five-star review on any podcasting platform you listen to us on. It would be greatly appreciated. And make sure you check out poppedoff.com and twitter.com slash popped underscore off for all the updates on this podcast and our other hype content. With that, that'll be all for this week's class. We hope to see you all in class next episode. (laughs) 